Producers without a clue. Seriously? That's what they call animation nowadays? How do you even sell a show? What the hell is a production packet? Oh yeah, it's gonna be animated. It's gonna be real cool. Wait, who's animating this thing? You've gotta believe in your own ideas. Everyone is pitching ideas! What do you have to join the Illuminati? We just have to do it our way! Animation has warped my sense of reality. I didn't tell him to draw that! <laughs> oh, it's all about the demographic. What's Producers Without a Clue, Episode 7. Uh, I'm Brian Finley, and my property was Mimsy and Dusty, but that's been put on hiatus. And now I'm working on Chicken Mecca Turtle, which I'm doing by myself. You are? I'm Michael Cook, and uh, I am the co-founder of Valley Studios, and my property is Chucky Chicken. So now we got two chicken Boom. projects we're working on at the I didn't same even time. think of that. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel about this. This is this is yeah. nuts. I can't put a turtle in mine now. Because if I put a, a turtle, you're gonna be like, Well, that's too close to chicken mecha turtle. No, but but my turtle's like a fifty foot robot. True. That is true. Made of rusty metal, so I think you're good. <laughs> okay. You know. <laughs> Made by a lunatic doctor. Yeah. Lab, so. Yeah. So uh, which, yeah, way, I think yeah. you're good. Which you're, I, think I, you're good. I read your your comic that, uh, that you posted last time, and I just I think it's fantastic. I love. Uh, would you ever want to make that like into an animated cartoon or? Oh that... yeah, big time, okay. big time. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can do that. We'll just have to see what happens. Maybe. Oh my yeah. god, how cool if Chicken Mecha Turtle and Chucky Chicken did a crossover? Just so I'd be down for that. Cool. Because you know what? We're independent producers. We can mix up the universes oh, anytime yeah. we want. We don't hell answer yeah. to a board. You hell know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We don't answer to a board yet. <laughs> and it, Yeah. Right. And it'd be funny to have the characters look at each other and be like, you look weird, you know, but they're both chickens, right? Because <laughs> the yeah. styles are so different, right? Oh, yeah. I'd be like, you look old. You look yeah. weird, you know? Yeah. You, you I'm look, a turtle. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, let's, uh, let's get into. Uh, All right. I've got a few current event notes, but as always, we'll start with you. And if you touch on the ones I had, then okay. you know, no need to do the same thing twice. So go sure. for it. Okay. Well, um, obviously, yesterday, uh, just in like overall news, um, we were supposed to do this yesterday, but we didn't. But that's okay. Mm. Yesterday was inauguration day. We are now out of the Trump administration. We are in the Biden administration. Brand new president of the White House. The world is at peace again <laughs> yeah we're getting there i uh, i did watch the inauguration yesterday and i uh, it was a very touching ceremony and it was very very well done they had j-lo they had um lady gaga perform garth brooks also performed the poem from amanda gorman that she recited was very very i mean what a talent 20, yeah. I think, what, 22 or 25 years old? And that kid is reciting for the United States president. I mean, holy yeah. cow. Like, so talk cool. about. I was just really impressed that Garth Brooks was there because uh, that suddenly makes my new theme song for Drawn to It podcast relevant again because I mentioned him <laughs> yeah. in the podcast, in the rap. Yeah. Because it's a rap theme song. So I was like, yeah, I'm relevant yeah. again. <laughs> 
we'll but, see. Uh, it, just, it just turned out to be good for everybody. But it was a wonderful. It's the first inauguration that I actually like sat. Well, no, no, no. There's two. Um, the first one uh, that I ever watched, I was actually there in D.C. Wow. And, and it was for the inauguration, the second term of uh, George W. So my dad, uh, you know, my dad was really big into politics. We knew the Speaker of the House personally at the time. So we actually got the invite to go and be at the presidential inauguration. I was in high school and I was it helped because we wow. were a military school. So I, we actually had to wear like our class A uniforms to the to the event. And it was very bizarre for me because it's like, God, I got to get dressed up to go to school when I'm going to this event. You know, yeah. and, and it just made me realize that how like how much I took for granted, like putting on a, a suit every day to go to this affair because it to me it was just like you know another day out but for everyone else it was like oh yeah we're getting gussied up we're getting you know looking our best i'm like dude every day well <laughs> i hope this new uh president um bodes well for the hollywood industry which will hopefully in turn bode well for us Yes. Um, as, you know, bottom-feeding independent producers, it all trickles down, right? right. And um, so hopefully that'll work out well. And if it um, doesn't, he, you know... He I, certainly did a lot on his first day. He was just crap. signing away. Well, I mean, yeah. he had a... I mean, he, the, he was doing Control-Z on everything <laughs> Trump did. Yeah. Just nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I will say that I'm not a fan that he did was putting us back into the Paris Agreement. I wasn't a big fan of that because I think that we were getting really, uh, you know, taken advantage of by other countries. Um, I, I hope that if anything... I don't we, know enough about it to comment. Right. So I my only hope is that if we do go back in, which it looks like we're going to, that we get a better deal and that we get a better treatment uh, you know unity amongst the different nations that are a part of this paris accord mm. i don't know a whole lot about hey, it either hold on but... a second hold on a second your video froze it's been frozen for like five minutes now are we good yep we're good rock on yeah uh, but anyway goes. let's get away from politics and talk about animation news yes sir um so i actually recently got on uh, i am now a part of cartoon brew for those of you who don't know, is a huge animation website and just talks about animation news. So there are a few things that I wanted to talk about today that I mm -hmm. thought was really interesting. So uh, number one, uh, Reed Hastings reaffirms Netflix's goal to challenge Disney for supremacy in animation. And I'm just going to read a little bit from the, the, um, the article here that he has. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, so to date, Netflix has released just three original animated features, Klaus, uh, The Willow Bees, and Over the Moon. And despite strong qualities in each film, none could be considered a legitimate challenger to Disney and Pixar. Uh, but here's the caveat. Netflix is still in the process of ramping up its animation division. Uh, animation is notoriously slow, uh, and each film takes around four to eight years from concept through release. Uh, we won't begin to realistically understand what Netflix is trying to accomplish with their animation program until next year, uh, but that when they have an outline goal of releasing six original features per year. Now, here's the deal. I, 
I, I'm kind of mixed on this because number one, on one hand, yes, I'm thankful that Netflix is kind of standing up and going, you know, screw you, Disney. We're going to take the animation thrown away from you. We're going to, you know, trounce you. But at the same token, if they're talking, they're going to be releasing six features a year and they've already said that like it's a slow process. What does that mean for the quality of the films that they're going to be putting out? Because Claws, I, I've not seen uh, Claws, the Willow Bees, or Over the Moon. I only, I only know about them. I know that Claws was so the Willow Bees was produced by Braun Studios and their yeah. animation team. They're the ones I worked for on their first animated film, Henchmen. Mm -hmm. um, I was a senior story artist on that. Uh, Willoughby's was the film they worked on right afterward. Uh, so that took a few years to make. So what Netflix will do is make production agreements with studios so they can have uh, multiple productions simultaneously. Right. Um, and uh, I, I think that's great. Where I'm at on it is there's never been a better time to dethrone Disney because they seem uh, incapable of creating original content that uh, uh, holds anyway ho holds the audience right they get, they keep wanting to do remakes of previous hits right. now they have new stuff coming out that i'm hoping will be a hard left at that right mm -hmm. um there's a few properties a few projects that they've talked about that are coming out in the next year or two that i'm very excited about yeah and, um, I, I, but but i mean right now they're they're not doing enough of original filmmaking no. Uh, to be worthy of the crown of what you know what they were right right uh, so I, I don't know Dis well Disney in general oh wait really a minute by the way I'm keep in mind I usually don't know what the hell I'm talking about so yeah. just take what I just said with a grain of salt you know I'm I agree with you I mean Disney has Disney is in a really really bad spot right now I mean they've just released an article on clownfishtv.com who I love, by the way, you know, um, Neon and Geeky Sparkle hit me up. We need to talk. Um, okay. But um, I, they released an article about how, because recently Disney discontinued their annual pass for Disneyland. So now mm. you cannot, so Californians or anybody, you cannot purchase a, they, they sunsetted the entire annual pass program for the West Coast. Wow. I mean, that's I mean, epic. That's that a big is epic move. because you know yeah. it's a it's a huge move because number one, I mean, obviously COVID has taken a huge hit at at the California part. It's yeah. still not open. They it's going to be closed a year if it keeps going on at the pace that it's going. Disneyland will be closed for an entire year, which has never happened. This is unprecedented. So Disney, yeah. of course, and recently, you know, with all of the talks, excuse me, of like every. Just the, the management, and I've gone on my soapbox about them. I'm not going to go on my soapbox again, but it is a huge move because Disney is not making the right decisions. They are focused more on Disney Plus than they are any other aspect of their company. They are no longer just an animation studio like they were when Walt was around. And even when Walt was around, they were – Are you? oh, okay, you were frozen there too. I was worried. Oh, um, Sorry. Um, okay, you're good. You're good. I'm just joking with oh, you. you. 
<laughs> You're lucky this is a family-friendly podcast. Excuse Otherwise, me. <laughs> this wouldn't be the finger I'd be holding up. Um, you know, it's hey, don't do that. I don't have anything to censor over that, like the sheep bar. Okay, which I did put in the last episode, even though you said not to, for our Patreon episode. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I need to go back and watch that now. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what was I saying? It's not the same company that it was when Walt was around. And even when Walt was around, they were transitioning to a media company. He'd opened Disneyland. He was working on, you know, Project Florida. He had gotten into live action and he was doing more with live action than he was animation. But that's just because he was jilted because of the strike in 1941. I mean, after that, yeah. you know, there was a lot that was going on. So it wouldn't You're be until again. the 80s and the 90s when Disney came back through the Disney decade, thanks to Michael Eisner and Roy Disney and Frank Hold Wells. And, um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally cool with uh, Disney being a media company with games, uh, TV shows, movies, all that stuff. I, I love the brand of Disney. I really do. But I, the last while, I've been disappointed because I feel like I'm being refed the same, the same leftovers. Carpet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know. I mean, Pixar, and even Pixar is guilty of this, too, because they just released their Pixar popcorn. Have you seen this thing that they're going to be doing? They're no. basically making shorts based around older properties. Like, they're doing one with the, a couple with Cars and The Incredibles. Um, they're doing one with Coco, which I thought was really cool. But here's the thing. I mean, obviously, you create these characters, and you want to continue to tell new stories with these characters. That's that's a good thing. I don't As, think it's Yeah. They just got to make sure the stories are original enough and not – it's okay to be a little bit derivative because you're paying homage to something. Right. But when you're so derivative that your reboot is almost a shot-for-shot shot match mm -hmm. of what was previously done. Right. Or you're – like, It's a big slap in the face to the audience. Right. You know? like, like Finding Dory. That did not need to be a movie. You could have easily done a little short with uh, Dory being, you know, in an aquarium. I mean, there was no reason for that. That was basically fine. Okay. So this is a good again. opportunity, <laughs> a good opportunity to bring up our email address, which is pwac, P-W-A-C, projects at gmail.com for all the hate mail yeah. that Michael just open the gates to you can send it there <laughs> okay you can put Sweet. your comments down below and telling me or, like you suck I hey don't did care. you read that did you read uh I the did. comments for episode six i did I wasn't did. that great that was i thought that i i was like oh my god somebody took enough time to type up <laughs> yeah. this massive comment yeah. oh i i was like oh yay <laughs> <laughs> I I don't need people to agree. I I just want to engage, yeah, right? Get the conversation I I was point. so happy. Yeah, I was so happy. That's what we do. And by the way, shout out to James uh, Lopez. Thank you for your amazing comment. You know, he didn't mention did you me like by that? name, but he did. He did say Chucky Chicken. He called yeah. me, you know, the Chucky Chicken guy, which everybody calls me, which is fine. It's you fine. know. I'm, Rather, you know, I've been known as Mickey for so many years, so it's nice to be known as the Chucky Chicken guy. Um, 
But I I think he said your name. So I said, oh yeah, Michael Cook, and he goes, yeah, Michael. Yeah. So. But he said yeah. the guy, the Chucky Chicken guy. What what's his name? Oh yeah, Michael Cook. Yeah, Michael. Yeah. Good guy. Listen. I, you know. You get what you pay for, buddy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then I guess I better start paying people, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. another topic for another video. But anyway, but you're right. Like Disney has been off its game. I mean, especially now with the layoffs, with everything going on in corporate. You know, Disneyland still being shut down. They're stopping there, and I mean, they are just on a sinking ship. And it sucks because you know my dad is a business owner, so mm -hmm. I had this conversation with him. You know, when he laid when Disney laid off all those workers. Um, nice cup, by the way. Uh, nice to know I'm not the only one rocking a Disney cup. Ooh, all right. You got the Wicked Queen. Nice. Well, it's a set of four. Mm -hmm. There's her, Jiminy Cricket. Um, gosh, I can't even remember the other ones. My kids broke them all. This oh. was the one, my least favorite, although I love it. <laughs> I love it, fine. but it's my least favorite, and it has survived. You wouldn't believe the mugs I've had because I, when I worked there, I got them all at a discount, right? So I built up my collection, and the kids you. have just gone through and gone smash, boom, bang, don't need this one, slam on the ground, woo! Wow, they just they yeah. like mugs. That's I have cool. a really cool collection of broken handles now. <laughs> That's all I have. So. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you were talking like, to your dad about the Disney really cool layoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just handle them out. So, yeah. Um, my dad, you know, and I think we had this conversation privately, or either you, me, or, or Aaron had this conversation, but it's like he laughed at me. He's like, You have no idea how business works. They're a company, they don't care. Like, you know, have you heard of temporary. Uh, CEOs, like the minute that they sign on their acceptance papers, that same day they sign their resignation papers. Like that's what yeah. they do. They're a company. Yeah. They bring in people and they pay them millions of dollars to bring a company back up and then they let them go. So of course they got that much money because they're not going to be there very long. And I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> you know, your, your father's so right. Yeah. We do not know anything. <laughs> Hence our you know, show. You but know, we love to pretend like we do. Well, we're learning. That's the important thing. You know, we're yeah. learning. We're open to learning. We're open to, you know, conversation. We're open to debate. Yeah. And for me, like, and, and it's cool because, you know, I do my best to run my studio in a from a creative point of view. You know, so many people focus on the aspect of like the money and people aspect, you know, on, you know, demographics and what do the people want and, you know, what's going to make us the most, what's trendy, da, 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 da. I don't do that. I'm like, listen, this appeals to my eye. This makes me laugh. This is something that I personally enjoy. I will dedicate my time and my energy to make this thing happen. And yeah. because I've done that, I've been able to bring on amazing people like yourself and Tom Ruger and David Parixma and Rebecca and everyone else that we're working with right now on the Chucky e. Chicken team to bring that reality to life. So that to me has been um, a blessing. So I'm doing something right. You well, know? <laughs> let's use that as a segue. Um, just briefly, we'll go a little bit out of order here. I, I do have a current event I want to touch on. But let's let's use that as a segue to talk about the great 
story meeting we had with uh, Tom Ruger. Yes. And, uh, you know, how wonderful. I mean, you're talking about the creator of Tiny Toons and Animaniacs and producer, writer on countless animated properties. Scooby-Doo, He-Man, Pound Puppies, Hysteria, Toonsylvania. I mean, this guy goes back to Hanna-Barbera. When Han, when both Hannah and Barbara were still around, still yeah, and there. you were able to set up a story session um, virtually uh, that that Tom um, was sort of the lead on or yeah. or the speaker of, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. and he walked us through interactive exercises for brainstorming, um, talking about why certain ideas might be bad at first, but you tweak a little thing and all of a sudden it's a great idea or saying how a certain idea was great right off the bat and why, um, you know, it was just fantastic and a, a rare opportunity to uh, be a student of somebody who has been there, done it and oh, yeah. done it at a very high level. Right. Right. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah, I, I, uh, I love Tom. Like he is just, he is a ball of creative energy that should not ever stop rolling. Like I yeah. love working with him. I love, I love how excited he gets about things when you talk to him. Like he's always moving. He's always like, oh, yeah. okay, I gotta let me let me show this. You know, I got. <laughs> yeah, he's so fun, and I love like I, if I can make him laugh, that's my goal. Like making Tom yeah. Ruger laugh. He- he is one of those guys where if you can make him laugh, you feel like you're really on to something. Right. right? And we yeah. did. Like, like there were like moments where we just couldn't stop laughing at yeah. some of the, the ideas that we had. Like Louie as the social media manager. Um, I think we also did. Um, what was the, uh, the dark hen was another yeah, one yeah. where we had Chelsea as like the vigilant um, Margarita McCaw, the femme fatale. <laughs> which yeah. I don't know what a femme fatale is, but I'm sure I'm going to find out when she writes the there. script. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so many great ideas, and it yeah. was a great, a great way to learn how to unlock your mind because you, he, the exercise was okay. You've got uh, somebody throw out a title, uh, a, a, a twist on a movie title. So we did that. Yes. And then we had 60 seconds uh, to come up with a synopsis right. um, and go. Clock's ticking, right? Everybody was like, oh, well, this has to be great because I'm sitting here with Tom Ruger. I can't look dumb. Yeah. I've, I've got to – and i got to make the rest of my peers. i got to look like I'm smart and know what right. I'm doing. And then uh, time's up, you know? So maybe you got five words written down. And you had to extrapolate that into a full idea when it came your turn to present. Or maybe you were lucky enough to get a full paragraph, but the ending didn't come until the last five seconds. Which happened a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, Chucky does blah, 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 blah. Very structured, orderly, blah, blah, blah. What ending? And then nuclear bomb. Like, what? (laughs) Where'd that come from? Like, I don't know. I had to think of something. <laughs> yeah, because it happened to you. You're just like, oh god, I, I and then yeah, you yeah, it was awesome. My yeah. favorite was the campfire one. That was a brilliant idea. <laughs> I think you did that one, and Tom and I were on the same page with the idea for the story. Because like they're all around a campfire, they're telling stories, they're trying to outdo each other. 
but he came up with a better twist on it where it's like instead of you know i was like they're telling the story at, at the campfire in that moment but he came up with, you know, and then Chucky's sitting on a log and he's interviewing the monsters to try and get their story. I'm like, that is hysterical. Yeah. I love yeah. that so much. Yeah, it's like a group therapy session for m monsters and they just feel misunderstood and right. nobody gets them. Right. You know, <laughs> it's, I thought that was amazing. And, yeah. you know, and it was so funny because I said I want to do Jules Verne and you got so mad. You're like. I wrote this amazing pitch for I, this dude. Here that I it was like, you know that notes app in the in the Android, the yeah. notes app. It was like seven full pages of scrolling of because I and I never do this. I I never delete my first take on something, but this was I don't know why I got all up in my head and insecure about it, and I thought. My, this won't jam with how Mike sees his vision going for this property. I'm just going to delete it. It's been a waste of time. And then, it's, and, it's, and then it's, you're like, oh, I love Jules Verne. And I'm like, oh, son of a. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to kill you. you yeah. So, <laughs> but, but that was a fantastic opportunity to show what not to do. Right. Even when you've been doing it for so long people still will make rookie mistakes, right? And, and I, I was love, I was guilty. And what I love about that meeting was that it that everyone had a different take on what they felt of the world of Chucky Chicken. Like Tom was more um, you know, he's a chicken, it needs to be literal, like play off why the chicken crossed the road and come mm -hmm. up with those kind of scenarios. And to me immediately I'm thinking the way he's describing that particular cartoon, it's wily coyote. We can absolutely yeah. do that, and we can make it a Wile E. Coyote-inspired cartoon with no dialogue or very little dialogue and just having him try to cross the road, like in different ways. And immediately I'm thinking, this is fantastic. Um, we had um, Happy came up with a really uh, a couple of really great ideas, you know, like the, uh, the chocolate. Uh, it, she wanted it to be yeah. like Hamlet. She called it Chucklet. You know, yeah. but I, but then we all heard chocolate, and so we're just like, oh my god! Like we can just run the I love Lucy gag, where you know she's trying to like get all the the, the chocolates on the conveyor, yeah. and yeah. then you know, Chew Chipmunk, we've been having a hard time trying to find a way to incorporate him into the story. We had someone write this amazing story about his back, like his history, like of him just sitting in his. You know his treehouse. You know with his with his acorn tea set. And then we did um, Chuck and Chew uh, detectives. Uh, based yeah, on yeah, Chuck. yeah. And that got me going. And I drew this picture, and everybody loved it. I'm like, okay, we're yeah. back on our game. Like we, we, for me, it was great because for the longest time I've just been in a rut, like trying to figure out God, how I got to write all these cartoons. I have no idea how to even get started. After the meeting, I'm like, I got so many ideas, I don't know which one to start with. You know, like yeah. now it's a different problem. But it just was so encouraging and it was so fantastic. And it was just yeah. uh, truly an honor and just one of the a highlight, so great. a highlight of my career. I will never, you know, I will never forget it. Um, and, you know, it's so funny because we recorded it. We were going to have. Okay. It. I, I You're have a jerk. To. I have to. I have to. You're a jerk. You, 
<laughs> Somebody, I'm not naming any names, record it was me. I messed up. I was supposed to have the audio. I was supposed to have the audio and I messed it up and we only got the video. So Yeah, nice try. It wasn't you. It was me. <laughs> <clears throat> and yeah, I completely screwed up the the whole thing. And uh yeah. It's a you know. It's, and it was so funny because everybody that I've talked to about it was like, oh, no problem. I got my notes. The only person I think who didn't have their notes was happy from like her pitches that she made. And like, yeah. well, do you still have your exercise? She's like, oh, yeah, I got those. Put those in there. And then come up with new yeah. ones. And yeah. um, it's just everybody that I've talked to about it just loved it. And we definitely are going to do it again. And we're going to yeah, record I, it. We're going to go right next time. It's going to yes. be Yes, it's gonna be good. So I'm very yeah. excited about where we're gonna go. And then to be me, fair, to be fair, it was a bit of a last minute decision to try to record it. It was, um, but uh, you know, to be fair, I should know what the hell I'm doing at this point, <laughs> but I don't. Uh, so you know, <laughs> it is them. what it Just is. Eat my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, but yeah, I I really wanted to bring that up because uh, it it was just it was just a great way to spend a afternoon and you know a morning into the afternoon it, yeah. and it was so generous of Tom to give oh, us time God. like that and he didn't try to rush us at all. No. He did mention when he had to be done, yeah. but he was like, "But let's do a few more." And Why? like, that's the be that was so you cool. know, like I said, you know. Can you give us an hour? He gave us two and a half hours. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Like, I'm thinking, uh, I'm trying to be pressed for time. I want to get this idea that, you know, because, and, and for me, what was, you know, as a producer for this thing, it was, okay, we have Tom Ruger. He has an exercise that he wants to do to help us get these ideas. But I know that everybody's going to be coming in with ideas of their own. So how do I, you know, how do I, do it in a way where there's ample time for everyone to get their ideas out there and talk about the ideas, but then also have Tom do his stuff in an hour. You know, you were, you were so, so funny in a, I want to bust your teeth kind of way. Because <laughs> you made me go first and I, I say my ideas and you're like, yep, well, those are ideas. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. All right, fine then. I said fine. Ideas. I said those were good ideas. Not my you did ideas. not. You went, yeah, well, those are ideas. And then we went on, and I'm like, huh. Well, actually, when you said that, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I deleted that Jules Verne one. And then later, you're like, I love Jules, Ver Jules Verne. <laughs> If you had done that but, Jules Verne one, I would have said, "Yeah, we're putting it into production like today." Yeah, yeah. But, but wasn't wasn't it awesome how one idea snowballed into another among different people, oh and God. and so it unified everybody. It started out the the ship was going one way, and by the time you went around the group, the ship had changed direction completely. But right. everybody was still on board, right? And and psyched. We're like, yeah, yeah. you know. And what was funny was, so was that cool. everybody gave an idea that made everybody laugh. Like that yeah. was that was the thing that I and 
you know, people were like, you know, on the same page. It's like, well, you know, I know it's the Chucky Chicken Show, but I don't want to just focus on Chucky. I want to tell other stories with other characters. I'm like, cool. That's what yeah. I want. You know, that's that's what we need to do. And um, I just, I, it was such a wonderful meeting, such a wonderful yeah. time. It, and I, we definitely have to do it again. Yeah. Very soon. And, um, and it brought it brought everybody together. Yes. Um, to remind us that we are part of a team, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, and it was a leveling thing where, you know, aside from Tom, but we all kind of felt we're all on the same level here. Yeah. And every everybody, uh, even somebody's bad idea was fantastic because it, it was a springboard to something else, right? right. Like everything had value. Exactly. It was, it was just even- so great. And I think even Tom, you know, because nobody goes into a project, you know, knowing everything about it, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're like the creator. And even then, it's like, okay, other people are coming to the board. They're going to, they may bring something to the table that number one, you've never thought of, or number two, you've thought of and you thought would, you know, didn't work, but they made it work, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. or something completely different, completely off base, but you still like it anyway, or it just is garbage, you know, you never know. Yeah. So going into those meetings, I freak out because I'm just like, okay, how many people did their homework? How many people actually looked at the concept packet? How many people actually watched the cartoons? How many people yeah. know the, the style? Like, how? You're like, what? What are we going in for? And it was funny because we even brought back older concepts. Like for, uh, we brought back the Godfather. We're putting mm-hmm. him into the detective series, which I'm thinking to myself. Thank God, because we got this amazing guy, Jacob Keene, who can do the most amazing Tony J uh, impression as the Godfather. And I don't want to lose him. So I'm just like, oh, my God, we saved him. Thank God we, yeah. we saved that character. And it just it gets you up to the next level and just so exciting. And I'm, I'm super thrilled. Like, it was just yeah. great. But anyway. It was awesome. Okay, so the current event I wanted to talk about was the passing of Dale Bear. Yes. Um, yes that yes, really yes. that really affected me because I have looked up to his work forever. Okay. And I became very hyper aware of his work and past work during my time at Disney. Mm-hmm. And he and James Lopez were... Uh, two people who I would I would have like on my second monitor I just loop a line test that one of them had done, uh, so that you know as I'm working I'd be like uh, a, like a quality check kind of deal or a, a inspirational visual right, mm-hmm. and um, yeah I had really hoped to get him on the podcast. Um, oh. I had reached out to a few people who were. Uh, very friendly with him, and they said they were gonna, you know, uh, this was many months ago, so, um, yeah, was he just sick, or was he just? I don't know, I don't know. Nobody ever communicated back to me, he's sick, uh, he's not gonna be able to. It was all like, well, we'll, we'll mention it to him, I'm sure he'd be happy to, and like, very, you know, positive, uh, we'll see what 2021 brings, kind right. of thing. Um, so yeah, very, um, very sad news there. And the animation industry, uh, is, uh, it's a big loss, you know, of talent. Yeah. And uh, it's, for it, sure. You know, I, I, I've heard the name 
Dale Bear. I didn't know exactly what he had worked on. And then I started to do some more research. And then I saw that Mm -hmm. Floyd Norman had talked about him and working with him on Robin Hood and the the Pooh movies from the 70s. And, you know, and then I went back and I looked at his, you know, his backlog of films. And he was a supervising animator on The Prince and the Pauper, which is one of my favorite cartoons of all time. Uh, He was uh, he did Yzma in uh, Emperor's New Groove. Uh, he was, you know, a part of the Roger Rabbit team. He did uh, Fluter from Black Cauldron. Um, and then he also did How to Hook Up Your Home Theater, which that particular <laughs> short. No, no, no. Like that short to me yeah. is so special because when I was it was my first year in college, we um, my old school, the Art Institute of Schomburg had a, um, a film festival every year called Artimation. And mm-hmm. it was where we rented out one of the AMCs in our in the area, and we project we showed all of our films uh, to the big screen. And the cool thing was they had industry professionals come in from all over, like LA. And mm-hmm. Conrad, that's where I met Conrad Montgomery for the first time. But I I want to say that he was there um, in two thousand eight or two thousand seven to present how to hook up your home theater to us like we were the first people to see it like it was the grand premiere of that particular cartoon so and i i fell in love with that cartoon it was a yeah it imprinted on you because of all the ingredients of that moment exactly so yeah i know that feeling that's how i feel about rock and rule yeah uh rock and rule was shown uh to my animation class by our instructor who worked on it Mm -hmm. and um it felt very special in that moment. And, uh, yeah, so I can relate to that. And, and it just sort of puts it uh, in this favored pedestal placement in your mind. Right. Yeah. You know, and he did um, he, not only that, but he also did another one of my favorite films, Get a Horse. You know, like mm-hmm. all like he just going back and looking over all of his work and just realizing that, you know, this guy helped basically with the foundations of of who I am as a as an animator and the kind of shows that I love and now I will never get the chance to talk to him or yeah. get to know him and it's like it's so sad yeah. um he he had his own company for a little while I found out I mean I did a lot of research on him and just yeah. his work and he worked with other independent like he gave up his time to work with other independent animation companies like 123 Hollywood or 321 Hollywood I think or Golden something like that um mm-hmm. 321 Golden Animation or something like that I don't exactly remember So um, if if there are people in the animation industry listening to this podcast I would encourage you to hit pause on right now and go Google uh, Dale Bear Animation Podcast and in brackets maybe put Clay Cadis because Clay Cadis is an animation director and was a supervising animator at Disney when I uh, worked for Disney Interactive. He was in the feature film and he gave my group the tour when we went down to the lot. Oh, wow. And, uh, and he talked about working with, um, you know, these big legendary anim- Eric Goldberg and all this. They all were co-workers under the same roof in the same office, right? Yeah. 
And uh, he had a podcast at that time uh, called The Animation Podcast, where he interviewed all these guys, uh, Eric Goldberg, uh, Dale Bear, Ken Duncan, Glenn Keane, Andrea Stasia, all of them. So I would encourage you guys to go Google it. He doesn't do it anymore, but he left all the interviews up. And you, you'll hear uh, Dale Bears, and it's awesome. It's just incredible. You, you need to have him on the podcast. Like, you, I don't Clay know. Clay Cadis? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've reached out a couple times, uh, but I haven't heard anything back. He was so fantastic during that tour. He showed us uh, the animated short, 3D animated short that was like a sequel to Tangled. Yeah, where the horse loses the wedding ring and it hops, yeah, like tang- or, you know, tangled, after, tangled ever yeah. after. I think it is. Yeah. Like so I I got to see like some rough cuts of that right in the editing bay, and yeah. you know, it it was just one of those things. The ingredients of the moment made it feel greater than what it was, right? You know, um, it's, I I was yeah. twenty feet away from Glenn Keane's office, <laughs> right, and I'm watching yeah. a property Glenn Keane is directly tied to, and you know, the only thing that would have made it better is if some of these big animator guys were walking around during that time, but they were all off for the week. Oh, so. no. <laughs> however, however, <laughs> you know, however, uh, when when we were waiting for our uh, greeting, uh, waiting for the uh, somebody somebody to come, our handler. Right. <laughs> handler to come down and get us out of the waiting the lobby. Yeah. yeah. Uh I I got to see Eric Goldberg's uh foot <laughs> and I I did get to see Bruce Smith. That's um cool. Yeah. That's so Bruce really Smith cool. walked in and walked around the corner to go to work. Uh he was there. He he's uh he's a major like if ever anybody knows the villain from uh Princess Frog the magician guy, Voodoo yeah, Man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah that, that's Bruce Smith right there. Yeah. Um, he was in charge of that guy. Mm-hmm. And just awesome. And then I, I looked away, and my my supervisor was sitting beside me. He goes, that was Bruce Smith. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> and and then I, I, I'm looking around. They, they've got Glenn Keane artwork all over the place, like blown up on plastic panels. And I'm looking around. I'm in that building that's the big wizard hat, right? Yeah. So I'm in there, and I'm looking around. And uh, I I turn just as I see a shoe disappear behind that corner that Bruce Smith walked in. I, I just see this shoe do the lift off the ground and and disappear. And I'm like, oh, somebody, you know, didn't think anything of it. I, I see the shoe. I turn my head and my supervisor's smiling at me. I'm like, what? I got something on my face. What? And he goes, that was Eric Goldberg. I'm like, <laughs> what? And you didn't Wait, nudge me? <laughs> yeah, because I'm like this, right? Looking at artwork. And he just walked right in front of me, five <laughs> feet in front of me. And around a corner, and my supervisor's like, yeah, that was Eric Goldberg. I'm like, I, I got to see a shoe. Nice aren't, shoe. Aren't you a dummy? <laughs> You're admiring all of our work, and you miss the guy who made it. Yeah. So, and yeah. But it, it goes to show you how much we respect people like Dale Bear oh, yeah. and and these uh, talents who I, I know for a fact – um, have started at that place of, I don't know if I can do this right. to go on to achieve um, 
the level of mastery in animation that they have. And, you know, it's just, it's sad when you know you're not going to get to meet one of them ever now. You know, it's well, sad. You know, it, the same thing happened to me with um, when Wayne Allwine passed away. You know, Wayne was Mickey Mouse from 1973 all the way to his passing in 2009. And um, I idolized that. man. I mean, he was one of the main reasons why I got into voice over work and mm -hmm. wanted to be a voice actor. Like I thought, well, if I get washed up in animation, I can do his voice. And his Mickey is forever my Mickey Mouse. Like there's mm -hmm. Walt and there's Wayne. Nobody else. I mean, even the new guys that are doing his voice today, you know, can't even touch what Wayne Allwine did for Mickey Mouse. I mean, he was that level of quality. And yeah. I had the wonderful pleasure of meeting Tony Anselmo in 2013. He came to Chicago for the Megacon in St. Charles. And I was part of a team of, uh, of comic book artists at the time. And I was on the booth there. And as we're walking past... I see a, a table with a big Donald Duck picture on it. And there's this man sitting there at like frizzy haired, kind of older, uh, you know, just really tall guy, just sitting there waiting. And I look and I say, Oh my God, that's Tony Anselmo. That's Tony Anselmo is the guy who does Donald Duck. So for me, as one of the very few people who can do Donald pretty well, I was major intimidated. I've seen interviews with him where it's like, oh, my God, like he's super protective. He learned from the original voice of Donald Duck, Clarence Ducky Nash, how to do the voice. You know, there's just so much history. He was an animator at the Disney Studios uh, before he got into doing Donald Duck. I mean, he is all about legacy. He is all about like he's the quintessential Disney guy, in my opinion. He's also... Very, very hard to approach because he's kind of intimidating if you look at him. You For know? sure, yeah. But, and so I, I literally had my sketchbook with him, with me, and I'm shaking and I'm going, you know, Mr. Anselmo, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your work. I know that you do the duck, but I also know that you're an animator. Could you look at my, my book? And he goes, Yeah, let me take a look at it. And he's looking at my sketchbook, and you go. You're really good. Have you, did you go to CalArts? He said, no, I went to the Art Institute in Schaumburg. He said, okay, that's still a good school. And he, he, I said, do you have any pointers, like anything I could work on? He says, well, you know, do you mind if I take a page out of your book and draw? I'm like, go for it. So he took a page <laughs> out of my sketchbook, and he took one of my drawings in Mickey Mouse, and he proceeded to draw over it. He said, yeah, this is what we learned from Fred Moore, you know, like his mm. model sheets. And he's drawing of Mickey Mouse, you know, uh, you know, based off of one one of my poses in my sketchbook and I I got him to sign it for me. And I still ha I have that. It's like one of my priceless moments. And then I asked him about doing the Donald Duck voice and I, you know, I said I know you're super protective of it, but do you mind can I show you that I he says, go ahead, let me hear you. So I said, and he laughs, you know, he goes, that's not bad. You're doing it wrong, but that's not bad. I'm like, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> so yeah, you know, cause he, you do it in the back of the throat and you're doing it through the cheek. And uh, is you're actually doing it like Jimmy Weldon, who does Yaki Doodle and all those other. It's like, do you know him? It's like, hey, he's my next door neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> So it just it was so cool to me. And then there was a, a cleanup artist who worked on Princess and the Frog who was there as well. And I got this 
you know, talk shop with him. He was cool. He actually gave me like copies of his actual like printouts of his um, uh, of his uh, X sheets as well as his cleanup charts. He signed mm-hmm. them and he gave them to me. Uh, mm-hmm. So that the picture that Tony and Selmo drew, and then I also um, I purchased an autograph uh, litho of Tony and Donald, which he signed and was very 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 sweet about it. Um, but that that's a moment for me that I will never forget. And I've actually tried reaching out to Tony numbers of time on Facebook. He will not answer my, my yeah. request. I got Bill Farmer as a friend who's goofy, but I don't have Tony. Himself. I know. <laughs> I know there's uh there's a few uh, talents out there that uh, I keep crashing up against that same wall. Right. And, uh, you know, it's frustrating, but it I get it. At the end of the day, I get it. Their right. inbox is probably just, you know, a live ticker of right. new emails, right? I love you. I love you. Can you, can you, can you? Right. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> so I, I totally get it. But, I mean, I just, I I adore, I adore Tony. And I, 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 I can't believe I forgot who that cleanup artist was. I'm going to kick myself in the head. I'm going to go home and figure it out and message you later who yeah. it was. But it just, it was a very, it was one of those career-defining moments because it's like, you get the opportunity once in a lifetime to sit down mm. with these guys and or see their shoe or see their shoe, yeah. you know? Um, and then one more story real quick, and then we can move on to the next segment. I got a chance to meet, uh, uh Ray Jasulo. No, no, not, not Ray. Jusulo. Oh my God. Well, I'm, he was on the Disneyland DVD, um, Disneyland dream, uh, 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 history sto- uh, stories magic and you know it was like a, mm-hmm. a special dvd that they did through the walt disney treasury uh mm-hmm. line which is now worth billions of dollars today it's like one of the most elusive dvds and i still have my copy which is you know really cool mm-hmm. um and this gentleman was on the dvd and he was talking about knowing walt disney and noticing him looking out into the rivers of America um, back in November of, in December of 1966. Now for Disney fans, that's pretty imperative because that was right before Walt Disney passed away. Like that was like the last time that people saw Walt. And he remembered talking about this moment of seeing Walt Disney along the rivers of America and just looking out and just, you know, thinking and pondering and just doing everything that he did. And when I finally got the opportunity to go to Disneyland and work there as a cast member in Paradise Pier, now known as Pixar mm-hmm. Pier, I was backstage and I was in our office. And lo and behold, there's the guy from the DVD. And I stood there and I was like, oh, I know you. You're from the DVD. <laughs> it's like, I've seen you before. And of course, he laughs. and He goes, yeah, nice to meet you. What's your name? I'm like, I'm Michael Cook. I'm from Chicago. It's so good to meet you. You know, yeah. like like the biggest, like I just geek out about that stuff. Like I, when I was at Disney, I literally died. <laughs> it went to yeah. heaven. And which, yeah. is, you know, it's so soul crunching that it's closed right now. But anyway, so I totally understand. Meet your heroes when you can. If you get the opportunity, do not, you know, yeah. jump, you know, jump on it as soon as you can. You know, if you yeah, and uh, rest in peace to Dale Bear, who was definitely a hero to many of us aspiring animators and animation fans. 
and uh, condolences to his family. I mean, it's funny. I get more. I maybe I'm mostly dead inside, but when to hear Dale passing, I've had family members pass where I'm like, oh, that's sad. I I hear of Dale passing, never met the guy, never even been in the same state within a, th- a thousand mile radius of him, probably. And you're and, uh, and Yeah, and I'm like, geez, that's, uh, oh. you know, the only thing I can compare it to is I remember in my first year of animation, a few of us, we, we had gone for coffee, which we did about eight times a day. And during one of our, because uh, students have all the ambition in the world, right? And one of our coffee talks, we said, hey, when summer comes, when school ends, let's do a road trip down and uh, just show up at, at Frank and Ollie's house. Okay. You know, because they were still alive then. Right. And, um, and God, then I we. I wish I was around your age. I wish I were there with you. <laughs> and we, we never did it. We oh, we never did the road trip. No, no. Uh, we we uh, it, it was just one of those uh, you know cool what if things. We got very neighbors. excited about it, but yeah. ultimately it never happened. Because they were and next then, door neighbors for the last few years of their life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, you know it. Uh, I've always regretted that. I I always thought you know I should have taken some of my student loan instead of buying that, you know, six hundred dollar VCR I bought so I could watch frame by frame without any jittering. Um, I I should have bought like a bus ticket or something and just went down. <laughs> but I don't know. It's funny. We we uh, we you know we idolize people for different reasons and. Yeah. It's uh, in the animation business, maybe because we're artists, so we're we're always um, appreciative of stuff that looks amazing, right? And yeah. and we aspire towards that. Um, maybe maybe that's why we tend to really put people up on pedestals who are of, of such a great, you know, uh, skill level. I don't. Well, know. I think for me, what would be the most like, I, and I'm experiencing that right now with 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 Tom, Mm. you know, it's not just meeting the person, but being able to contribute to the field and create something with your hero. That is probably the biggest like badge of honor, you know, to be able to say that Tom Ruger, Brian Finley and Dave Perixma and I created a Chucky chicken cartoon and worked on this series together I it it's on it's undescribable because it's like here's this guy who made your childhood who basically made you know was your babysitter in the 90s let's be real because TVs were babysitters in the 90s yeah yeah and then 25 30 years later you get to know the man you get to call him your friend you get to have him talk about you to people and go, oh, yeah, I know Mike Cook. He's a great guy. He's very creative. He's a super great dude. He's got a great property. You know, he's got a great idea, and I'm proud to be working with him on it. Like, that's undescribable. Like, that Mm -hmm. is just, like, 
almost it's almost like meeting Walt Disney or meeting Mel Blanc and being able to have a recording session with Mel as Bugs Bunny or be able to sit down in the Jungle Book story session with Walt Disney. I mean, it's it's one of those like it's an undescribable moment in time that you will never forget. And it shapes yeah. where you go for the rest of your career. And you only pray it's like you you hope that nothing tops it, but at the same time, you kind of hope that you get pretty darn close. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. So anyway. well, Rusty, maybe we could dedicate this episode to him, like maybe either yeah. at the beginning or at the end to a RIP, Yeah, for sure. You know, in memoriam of, um, yeah. you know, and, and you know, uh, I know how you feel because I lost Justin Barnes a year ago. You know, he was the guy who really got me. Um, into like, I met Justin at a audition for the Nostalgia Critic because he's stationed in Chicago. His studio is in Lombard, and I was about half an hour, forty-five minutes away from the studio. So I went ahead and I submitted an audition tape, and I got chosen. I was like, okay, I'm going to go up and I'm going to audition for Channel Awesome, which is a huge thing, by the way. Mm. Um, very, I mean, we got people who are part of channel awesome helping out with Chucky. Like, like that's how big it is. So after my audition, there is this roly poly guy with glasses, you know, just laughing and doing these voices and just this jovial guy. And I sat down and I got to know him and he's telling me about all these wonderful ideas that he has for different shows. And we, you know, trade stories about Disney and how much we love it and about animation and what we could do to change the industry if we had the opportunity. And that was Justin Barnes. And mm -hmm. he's like, you know, if you don't get this, let me know. And we need to keep in communication with each other. I said, OK, that's cool. A couple years go down the, the line and he calls me up and he says, hey, Mike, we have an opportunity for you to animate. Uh, if you're willing, I said, yeah, sure. What, what do I got to do? He says, can you come down to Indianapolis? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm on my way. So I drove down from Indiana, from Chicago down to Indianapolis, a three and a half hour drive um, mm -hmm. to go to this middle school where I get to see Justin again. I got to see our friend Terry again and I got to meet Mike Greathouse um, and they were working on the cartoon guy show. And they got Doug Walker, who is the nostalgia critic involved with it as well. Um, Jim Jarosh, who is a part of our show. He was on the show as well. And I got to not only animate, but I also got to be a puppeteer, a lead puppeteer for the character Dynamic on that show. And wow. I got to see Very the cool. inner. Yeah. And we worked on that show for a couple of years. I even got to film in Channel Awesome. You know, we, we cool. you know, we hope we, you know, he, they had a green screen there. So I got to go and I got to know Doug a lot better and I got to know the whole cast and crew. And it's so funny because a couple of years ago they were holding a screening for one of their shows that they were one of their bigger pieces. I, I don't mean to take up so much time with this, but I, I it just, um, he uh, and everybody from Channel Awesome remembered me and were like oh my god mike it's so good you're here like and i got pictures from the event and like everybody knew who i was and that was like really kind of scary for me because it was before all of this happened you know with tom mm -hmm. and with you know you and with chucky like it was still i was still working on it and i had done all the the shorts and everything um but it and i was working on grim grinning giblets at the time mm -hmm. and um it was just very very bizarre because 
I went in there expecting to see all these celebrities and everybody knew my name. Like, oh, Mike, good to see you. You know, how you doing? I'm just like, oh, good to see you too. <laughs> and I would not have gotten that opportunity if it weren't for Justin. You know, Justin really kept me in the loop. And I felt bad because he was worried that I was just sticking around with him because of Doug and because of like his connections with the Nostalgia Critic. But as mm-hmm. time went on, I realized, you know, I didn't care if I ever got to meet Doug again. I wanted to work on Cartoon Guy. Mm-hmm. And I owe him a lot. You know, he gave me my rejuvenation to keep going. Well, we really brought the podcast down, didn't we? It's okay. We're going to bring it's it right okay. back up on okay. the next segment. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Do you have any updates? Well, this week we were going to talk about our um, about creating a production packet. And talking about right. uh, what are some of the things. So I actually have here with me, because I'm a good little Jewish boy, even though I'm not Jewish. Uh, <laughs> Again, our email is projects at gmail.com. They know the damn email. Like people are yeah. really going to. And just put in a subject line, how dare you, Mike. How dare you. And uh, yeah, there we go. Perfect. All right. Awesome sauce. All righty. So, yeah, so this is the updated Chucky Chicken production packet. As you can see, it's the 2021 version. Mm-hmm. I actually started this last year, so I, you know, I predated it for the year before. Um, mm-hmm. It was very, very different, but I'm going to go ahead and show you exactly how I did it this time. Lovely Great. artwork talking about the introduction. This page, basically, Chucky Chicken is an animated comedy series geared towards families with children between the ages of 8 and 12. Stars the most charming rooster, Chucky Chicken, showcases a So, instead of reading all that, basically an overall summary of what it is, who it's for, and uh, why they should watch it. Correct. Or why they should buy it, you know? Yeah. The next page, obviously, is talking about Chucky himself. Not only does it have, you know, different art of the character all around him, but also... It has the description. And then I did it a different way in this particular uh, production packet. I did it where it has a description of the character, but then it also says how to cast him in the different shorts. So treating him like an actor. I did the same thing with Chelsea, with Louie Loon, Margarita, uh, the Jackrabbits. And then the villains, Tommy, Freddy, and Luca. I do have to go back and add a couple more pages, uh, one for uh, Chew, mm-hmm. um, and then another one, I think, for the Godfather. So I'm going to have to probably break this up. Uh, and the, the Alpha. Next... Oh, yeah, and the Alpha Rooster, as soon as we get him mm-hmm. designed and all that stuff as well. Uh, the next bit we actually have, this is for guest stars. So anybody basically like, you know, hey, this is who we'd like to have featured on the show you know everybody from youtubers like alex clark and some sketches and chase face and gabby hannah all the way to folks like rex allen jr and william daniels who was mr feeney in boy meets world still trying to get him but he is mm-hmm. you know um then we did uh the formula which is so important especially if you're doing an original series like a, a, sh- a shorts uh styled show you want to talk about the formulas of the different cartoons. So we have the original Chucky Chicken cartoon, which is, uh, you know, focused basically on Chucky trying to impress Chelsea and things going horribly wrong. Uh, the trio cartoon, which has three of the characters working together toward a certain goal that just blow up in their face. And then um, the parody, <laughs> um, you know, which is more meta 
talks about, you know, it, it basically retelling of classic stories, fairy tales, novels, movies, etc., done in the Chuck E. Chicken style. I also put uh, rules, you know, like mm-hmm. no uh, exceedingly explicit language, no political stuff, um, you know, no sex, drugs, alcohol, inappropriate behavior, and that there should be wins and losses. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, let Chucky lose every once in a while. Make him fallible, yeah. you know. Then we did <clears throat> a, a page dedicated to uh, props. So we got Chucky and Chelsea's house. We got the Feather Tin sign. We did environments. And this was important. I made sure to put not just where the cartoon, where, where it takes place, <clears throat> but also, um, you know, what cartoon. You know, so for example, this is the Grayson Manor hallway from Grim Granny Giblets, and this is what Featherton looks like during uh, Halloween time. So now we have a version of that in the wintertime that we can put, which is really cool. Um, and then we got, you know, the one that we're working on currently for Carolers of Clucking. I got to change that because it's not 2020 anymore. It's going to be this year. But then the project specs for anybody who wants to be involved with the project, we have it for animation what software we use the hardware that i personally use and what i would recommend um, for voice acting you know what programs are used to record and all that other good stuff <coughs> excuse me you're but dying then, man i know right um but then we also have you know um specs for animators and editors and other artists you know that are contributing to the actual cartoons like the video specs like we're in hdtv mm-hmm. Uh, so it's 24 frames a second at 1080p. Um, you know, Photoshop specs for thumbnails and for promo art, you know, 8.5 by 11 at 300 dpi, the biggest that we can, but it's still printable for like, um, for, you know, loosely. Yeah. Um, and then it also goes into episode synopses. Like these were all a bunch that we came up, that I came up with before our meeting yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to you know, present all of these because they wanted to have time for people um, yeah. to talk about theirs. But there's, you know, um, you know, for example, we got Chelsarella there, which I did pitch. Carolers of Clucking, which we're working on right now. Um, and a few other, you know, a night to remember, Friday Night Fever, Chucky in Space, a few cool ideas. Then there was a page dedicated to me just kind of talking about my history with the series and as well as a contact page. However, mm-hmm. I am actually updating this because I am have along with the about the creator page. I am also working on. Uh, oh, of course, this is. Will this work? Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Can you see the? Oh, the okay. There we go. Yeah. So I'm now working on an updated one with the cast and production crew. So it's not just me, but we also have Rebecca. Mm-hmm. We have you. I need a picture for you. Ah. And then we got Tom. Well, the one you got right there, they don't get any better than that. I am not a photogenic <laughs> kind of person. <laughs> so, and then I looked on your Facebook, uh, for example, for you, and I, you know, just a basic little thing saying, based out of yeah. New Brunswick, uh, Brian brings a wealth of animation experience to the team. He studied character animation at Sheridan College and has acquired over 25 years in the business, working on projects at Club Penguin for Disney. He's also run his own production company, Finley Studios, for a number of years. He also runs two podcasts, Drawn to a Podcast, and Producers Without a Clue, both on YouTube. So, And then I gave you the titles, Animation Director, Storyboard Artist, and Writer. 
So you're uh-huh. one of the main guys in charge of like, yeah, like you're a big wig. So there you go. I got one for Rebecca. And then I well, got one that'll for come Tom. back to bite you in the butt, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I if mean, Rebecca doesn't kill me first. Oh, why? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah true. She, th- I am working on this currently. Um, but I mean, I just made sure to, you know. That looks great, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and then of course, Tom, you know, I, you know, legend in the animation industry, haven't gotten to start in Hanna-Barbera in the eighties. He's worked on legendary shows like He-Man, Pound Puppies, a pup named Scooby-Doo, and is the creator of Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, Beaking the Brain, countless others. He's joined the Chucky team as a consultant, story advisor, and champion of high quality animation. So awesome. can I you mean, read Rebecca's too? Sure. Uh, she's the co-showrunner, art director, and character designer. Based out of Hatillo, Puerto Rico, Rebecca brings her expertise in character design to the Chucky team. She studied classical animation at Vancouver Film School and has done work as a graphic designer at Coca-Cola and assistant graphic designer at Marketing Research PR. Uh, she now is the head of the character development and production art for Chucky Chicken. So, yeah. Sweet. and. And then there's me, you know, basically, you know, Michael is the heart and soul of the Chucky Chicken Project, creating the character in college. He's overseen the entire production of the show for over a decade. He's had more than a decade of experience on YouTube with projects like HodgePodge Tonight, the Cartoon Guy show, and is featured on dozens of podcasts and outside projects. Um, <clears throat> I didn't put, you know, voice of Chucky because that'll be the next page where, you know, this is kind of like, you know, the main guy is in charge of the project. Yeah. Um, you know, and it gives us a pedigree. It shows us, you know, hey, we got a great production crew um, of both greenies and veterans in the business. And it just kind of gives us that level of quality where it's like, oh, shit, these guys are really, you know, up there and know what the hell they're doing. So then I'm going to do a cast page that has, you know, myself and Shanta. And... What we're doing. What was that? What? You were you were doing something. What were you doing? I I wasn't shaking my head saying we don't know what we're doing at all. I didn't say that. <laughs> so wait, somebody's saying stuff. I don't know. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very so, cool, man. Yeah, so this is what I've been working on for the past. You know, um, actually really got a big start on it this morning or yesterday. And then I just ironed it out today. Um, I'm really proud of it. So then this will actually be um, put on to, we're going to see if we can do it again. Did it switch over? Uh, yep. Cool. So I'm going to replace that page with yeah. the, about the creator page. And then we got the contact information as well. Cause that does definitely needs to stay on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all the artwork is different. So, and then I made sure to include like classic Chuck and, you know, modern Chuck and Chels. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I had a lot of fun with this pack. It looks great. It's a beautiful Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, uh, yeah, I, I think it's very well done and you should be very proud of that. I, for me, it's a kick because I, <laughs> I've worked on a pitch packet for Chucky since 2007. So mm. I actually still have the original that has like hand drawn versions of the characters. Um, 
I'll try and pull it up for next time so you can see it. Maybe yeah. I'll scan it in the computer. But there's like this really fun one with Chuck and Chew watching the screen with uh, Freddy being chased by a bear. And they're mm -hmm. just in the theater eating popcorn, watching the cartoon, um, which I'm probably now going to have to redo and for modern day, which I think would be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but I, for me, it's just a kick because prior to last year, I didn't know what Chuck's house was really going to look like. I didn't know what Featherton was going to look like. I didn't know, you know, I, I, we didn't have any of this stuff, you know, so... To me, it's just really cool to see how much Chucky has grown and the level of quality that we're at now with the series. <laughs> and um, it, it really does make me feel, it, it makes me extraordinarily proud of mm -hmm. what we've been able to do and where we're going. Not just yeah. where we've been, but where we're going as well. So that's exciting. I do have to change Johnny's art because he looks a little different now, as well as Margarita's art. But, uh, but yeah, those are that's the Chucky e. Chicken production Bible packet. Um, and what we're gonna do is, I'm just gonna go ahead and stop screen sharing here. Stop okay. the share. Um, so in the future, for anybody who wants to pitch a concept to Valley Studios Media that's the benchmark like that's what you need in order to properly get it in front of us and say okay you know for example mimsy and dusty you know, open it up you get a description and we get to see exactly where your mindset is and see if you have all your ducks in a row and what you're working on another page that i have to put in there is probably a marketing strategy like where are we you know putting the cartoons on there where are we um, what's our plan for advertising? What's our plan mm -hmm. for merchandising? Like, do we have that there? Because this doesn't go to just people you want to get involved with the project artistically, but this is also something that you would pitch to a network or to yeah. a, a financial institution and say, look, we got Valley Studios Media. Here's our project <laughs> we're working on. Here's the people that we have involved. This is, yeah. you know, this is what we're asking for. Maybe have a a separate piece that have has the budget breakdown and talks about where we need to be in order to make the series happen and just the numbers because you know a lot of people like to see numbers and just see and then that's yeah. where we have uh, the the YouTube statistics you know you you copy paste off of YouTube Studio your growth in a year or in a month or in you know how however long you think is appropriate. Yeah. So there is, you know, a precedent. So you're not just going in blind at an untested. Like this is no longer an untested concept. This is a concept that has been out there in the wild for at least two years. There is growth in the numbers. There is growth in the um, in the view count. Um, we're sitting at 107 hours of watch time, which is fantastic. We mm -hmm. are sitting at almost 400 subscribers in a year, which is fantastic. Um, it still gets traction. Still, people are watching it. Um, we get people asking us if we're going to do more. Um, we have the Patreon that we can say, oh, we have, you know, four patrons giving us this amount of money every month. Um, you know, this is what we, you know, so there's a lot more that we can add to this that we're going to. And that's mm -hmm. where the executive team comes in and goes, okay, we got this great concept packet. How do we add to it? Um, another one that I want to show you that I kind of based it off of, and uh, it may be 
because I I uh, <laughs> are we allowed to show this? Yeah, this is old. This the you know this is public uh, information. So this is okay. old. So um, this is actually from the Pizza Time Theater, formerly known as Chuck E. Che- it's for Chuck E. Cheese's, but it's formerly known mm-hmm. as the Pizza Time Theater. So these are the old books that they had. So I'm going to go ahead and. I just don't think we can show their logo or anything. This is this is on a fan site, showbizpizza.com. So okay. this is all public knowledge. This is, you know, Pizza Time Theater went bankrupt. So we can oh, okay. we, we can show this. And they don't even use this version of the characters anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. So this is just for the, the, the major fans. So as soon as it loads up, because it's a big boy. This is kind of where I was going for with my production packet and what I would like to see uh, happen in the future. Here we go. Let me, can you see it? Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. So this is their annual report for 1981. Mm-hmm. So 40 years ago this year, this is what they were doing at Chuck E. Cheese. So it talks about, you know, the company profile and, you know, neat little table of contents, financial highlights, um, you know, letters to the shareholders. And this is obviously more intense stuff than we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, talks about, you know, the concept which I thought was really interesting. The, the, the breakdown of the center sales, you know, how much mm-hmm. goes to food games and it's a different business model, obviously, but you can still utilize it for, um, for an animated. How project. bad do you think that suit smells? <laughs> <laughs> it just, it In looks like it smells bad. <laughs> Well, (laughs) today it would probably smell horrific, but back then I would probably say not that bad unless the person just didn't, you know, wear deodorant. I mean, it was the early 80s, so they were probably still, you know, know, toking it up and doing all that stuff. Um, You know, and I love the pictures. They incorporate the characters in along with the photographs, which I, I personally love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it talks about why they're different. Like the cyberamics, uh, was of course the, the main feature of their restaurants back in the day. I've actually seen these guys, the Beagles. They're in a, I like how they inspired, uh, the goofy movie scene. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. That. And they, yeah. they, these particular robots inspired five nights at Freddy's, which is one of the biggest mm-hmm. video games out there. Talks about yeah. the technology. It talks about, you know, the walk around characters, why they're important. Um, you know, the cartoon illustrations. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. It's a big part of it. And then they go into the the franchise operations and then um the selected financial data. <laughs> you know? Um yeah. and then it talks about the theme for that year, which was a star is born, refers to Pizza Time Theater's debut as a public company. This was when they went public for the first time. So this is a pretty substantial deal so this was given to their shareholders at their meetings mm-hmm. um you know this talks about their uh the management discussion and analysis it talks about you know how they've grown over the the course of when it opened in 1977 to where it was they really it break down everything you know, as much as they can yeah oh yeah. yeah well they have to i mean they have yeah. shareholders at this point now so yeah. this and, is a and this deal. is this is how you talk to people with money right yes People with money don't typically, they're, they're not known for uh, being 
visionary, meaning they can visualize a rough concept of what you're talking about. They're not known for that, right? They are are a different side of the brain thinking. Yeah, they're typically. right. They're right side. We're we're left side. Like even right. here, here's the balance sheet for December twenty seventh of nineteen eighty one and December twenty eighth of nineteen eighty. Like it yeah. breaks down like. I'll, I'll zoom in here a little bit so you can see it for yourself. See, we would look at this and get caught up on the artwork. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they look at this and read all that boring number stuff the way the the tank read the code in the Matrix. Like he just oh, saw yeah. the woman in the red dress, right? That's right. what they see when they read this. And it's funny because yeah. now I've done a little, you know, business uh, knowledge, uh, you know, a little business training with my father. So I know, you know, uh, current assets, you know, cash and cash equivalents, like, you know, receivable yeah, inventory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then this number is the most important one on the balance sheet, the total shareholders equity. How much are they going to make this yeah. year compared to what they did last year? They made 5 million. They made almost $600 million, $6 million well, in 1980. And they were on track to make 44 million yeah. in 1981. So this is, well, a growth we can aspire to. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But many of us and many of the people listening, all this is probably going to be, I don't know, kind of boring to them. But really, you should be aware of it because if you just try to go out and be the big thing without any kind of planning, take it from me. Believe me, I know it will blow up in your face and you'll be filled with you know, regret over having not um, had the forethought or, or patience to really plan out and strategize your growth. Right. Believe me, I am so guilty of it. And uh, it, it can cost you uh, many opportunities. Right. Um, but if you have a plan uh, for your growth, doesn't mean you don't have to entertain opportunities that just pop up but you've got to have some kind of plan there, right? right. And so. what I love about what we've done with the Chuck E. Chicken stuff compared to the Chuck E. Cheese stuff that I've based it off of, we're really close. You know, obviously, there's stuff in here that we that doesn't except apply for us. the money part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can substitute that data though. Yeah. You know, instead of talking about how much pizza we sold, how many views do we get in a year? You know, right. and we can look back on our and that's where, you know, the most successful artists are the ones that also have a good business sense. They know that, OK, I know how to utilize my yeah. talent. They're also known as unicorns because <laughs> most artists have horrible business sense. Correct. They're just jump in and do things. And right. uh, me, that that's me all day. Um, and if you are a person who is uh, creative and you can access the other side of your brain to handle the, what you're talking about, uh, man, that's a recipe for success. I mean, it just gives you all the best chances. Or if you can't do it, you find someone who you trust. That who can. you trust. Underlying trust a yes. hundred thousand times. <laughs> you don't want to just get some Joe Schmo who just got out of, you know, broker school saying, yeah. oh, yeah, I can help you leverage your business. 
Um, yeah. Because the next people the will <laughs> will steal your ideas. They will steal your your <clears throat> visuals. Uh, they'll steal anything they can. If if they see you're weak in an area, they're sharks, man. They will yeah. take advantage, and they don't care about the right or wrong of it. What they think is is just good business. I I recently watched the movie Wall Street with Michael yeah. Douglas and Charlie Sheen. And then I saw the sequel, um, Money Never Sleeps with yeah. Shia LaBeouf. And that's so true. Like those Wall Street guys, they literally, there's this perfect scene in that movie because the Charlie Sheen character, um, his dad, uh, is he owns a, an airline, Blue Star. And um, one of the deals, I guess, was that um, the Michael Douglas character, Gordon Gecko basically um was promising charlie sheen bud buddy that he was going to help his company grow you know because buddy's an investment broker and a long story short um the scene goes that they actually were talking to the invest to the uh to the uh the, the board of directors of dismantling blue star and selling the parts off you know piecemeal and there's this amazing scene in there that's so indicative of what you're talking about where sheen goes i just heard about the blue star deal you know why and michael douglas you know kind of gives him you know you're you know you're barking up the wrong tree pal trying to get this whole thing and he says but why do you need to wreck this company and douglas says because it's wreckable mm -hmm. you know like that was the point it's like they just did it because they could because i'm a quadrillionaire i have the funds i can go in i can do whatever the hell i want I can be seedy about my business. It don't matter. I mean, that's what those corporate raiders did. Thankfully now, I mean, there's still corporate raiders. There's still assholes out there in business who, you know, probably have hedge funds and secret accounts overseas that, you know, I'm sure our, you know, former president has assets that are probably going to be seized relatively soon uh, with, um, you know, millions of dollars in bank accounts. I mean, it happens. I mean, that just was a product of Wall Street in the 80s. Now we're in 2021. It's yeah. different, but it's still the same. There's still yeah. jerks out there, which is why as soon as I created him, I copyrighted Chucky Chicken. I copyrighted all the Barnyard Friends. I have legal documentation stating it's in the Cong Library of Congress, you know, with the old picture of Chucky Chicken and then basically saying anything after that has that trademark on it, that's my property. You know, yep. and I was very fortunate to have that because somebody tried to steal my work and I bought it heads with them and I won the, the deal. I won because I was smart enough to do that. Yep. Um, he's still drawing his character, by the way. I'm not even going to dignify it with a with a with a shout out. But so it's it's important that you have someone that you trust that knows the money, but also knows your vision, because if you get somebody in there who goes, OK, here's the deal. Good news, bad news. Good news, I can make you $100 million. Bad news, you got to give up the animation. Hmm. What the hell is, like, what are you, what are you saying? We license it out. It's like, no, that's not what we're trying to do. Stop it, you know? Yeah. Um, you got to find somebody who knows the animation business and goes, okay, listen, here's the deal. This is how much you need to make the cartoon. This is where we're going to try and pitch it to. 
this is their offer. This is this offer. This is how much you need to keep the doors open. Um, this is what you need to keep the lights on. If you can't do it this way, you know, move to this model where you've got people working from home, where you are sending checks in the mail or doing PayPal or what have you. I mean, yeah. we're in this amazing uh, digital age where I could literally give you a contract you know, for a hundred grand, you digitally sign it, and then it's in your bank account the next day, if not in the in the next thirty minutes. You know, I mean, that's that's the technology that way. And then you can send me everything that you're working on, and that's how we do it. We yeah. got to get to. We're getting to that point, but now it's like we need to figure out where do we get the initial ten grand? Where do we get the initial hundred grand? Where do we get this money? And this yeah. is where it starts because. Not well, like let me stop you there. Uh, to find out more about that, go to the Valley Studios Patreon page because we released a two-hour uh, podcast where we talked about yes. all of the out-of-the-box uh, thinking for getting funding, yes. uh, possible ways of going about it. We don't answer how to do it. Remember, we're producers without a clue, but man, do we ever come up with some cool ideas that we are uh, going to explore on our end, uh, so I guess I, is the best way to put it. I um, meant to ask so. you, when we, when we finally get a clue, does that mean the show ends? Is that what happens? Right, we have to change the name. Um, yeah, producers so. who found a clue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah, the, the whole intro just changes. Like, yeah, yeah. you look at the money rolling. <laughs> Licensing deal. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, we're gonna end it there. Um, okay. And uh, with the exception of, I just want to say. Uh, I have switched the properties I'm working on because of uh, complications with uh, the team that that started on Mimsy and Dusty, and uh, just people's lives right now don't allow for them to invest time in a project that is, one, unpaid, right, and two, in a very early stage of development, so requires a huge time investment. Um so uh, it will be revisited. We are going to finish the animatic and get that ready for pitch. Okay. Um, but uh, otherwise, you know, it's on hiatus. So what I'm going to do is substitute that with my other property, which is Chicken Mecha Turtle, uh, in its comic book phase. And I will give a new uh, page. Uh, I'll release a new page every episode of producers without a clue i'll showcase it on the episode and it will be available for download on the uh, valley studios patreon page okay okay so um it'll probably be around 22 pages in total maybe 26 somewhere around there uh, but that's something I can do independently without any outside help right and it's still uh forward progress right. so and yeah. sometimes you, it's it's the pivot. Sometimes you you've gotta got to pivot. pivot. You got to learn to pivot. Right. Don't stay on a sinking ship. Um, sometimes you cannot bail the water out faster than how it's coming in, right. and that's sort of where Mimsy and Dusty is right now. The idea is great. the 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 artwork is very appealing to the audience, but it it needs a team to get that. 
mm-hmm. that first pilot off the ground. So, right. um, so yeah. I, yeah, and, and that happens, you know, sometimes you got to make promises and sometimes you, you got to break them and it just, it, that happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, I hope that Chucky's not a sinking ship. I mean, that would be really sad if I didn't realize. I don't that. think it is. I I think uh, each week, uh, however biggest step or smallest step, it's still a step, and you got to ride that, right? That's true. Um, that that so. is that's been giving me hope, and the people that yeah. we have working on it right now, um, are we're still in communication. We still talk every day, and that I think yeah. even Aaron, who is like, God, I wish I could get the people on the Tenno team. <laughs> to talk yeah. the way that you do. Um, oh, by the way, do do you want to plug what Valley Studios is doing right now? Um, Go for currently? it. Okay. So uh, Valley Studios is currently uh, gearing up to start doing Twitch overlays. Um, we're going to be creating custom-made, um, you know, animations. If you have a, tw- a Twitch stream or if you have... Um, you know, a streaming channel or something like that, and you would like custom, high-quality animations for your uh, notifications, for your buzzes, for your subscribers, for your tips and all that stuff, Valley is gearing up to do that. We're working with a group of four people uh, to make those happen, and they will be custom-made just for you. We're not going to mm-hmm. talk pricing here. you got to send us an email. Uh, you can send it to vs.valleystudios at gmail.com. And then if you're interested, we can give you a quote. Um, and it ranges from basically super simple animation to full blown out like page, um, you know, uh, animation. So yeah. it, we, we can fluctuate based on your budget. Um, we are currently still in production of uh, Chucky Chicken and Carolers of Clucking. It's been kind of a rough patch going on for the first month, but we're slowly but surely getting started on that um if you like our channel and you like what we're doing please give that uh big thumbs up uh down at the bottom be sure to subscribe for more uh ring the bell so you're notified every time a new episode goes up also leave your comments down below uh we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear uh, if there's something that you would like to hear us talk about let us know if you have any questions industry news uh, big announcements that you want to let us know about. Again, send us an email or put them right down in the comments below. If yeah, you if you're have, working on yeah. your own project and you've mm-hmm. you've achieved a milestone that you want to shout out to the world, yeah, put it in a comment. We'll bring it up on the show. Uh, yes. That's part of why we're doing this podcast, not just to track our own projects, but sort of unify people out there who are. Uh, dealing with the same thing, uh, right. trying trying to get their super cool ideas out to market, right? Right. So, yeah. And that's, that's the deal. Like, we want, as much as you guys are helping us, we want to help you. So yeah. if you um, if you see this episode and you're like, oh, I have a concept packet, will you, like, we can review your stuff on the channel if you'd like. We can maybe do a, a section where it's like the, the artist corner where we take a fan. Oh, that'd be it. cool. Yeah, That'd be like cool. we, we take one of your yeah. guys' suggestions, or if you submit stuff again, all that stuff will be in the in the uh, in the below or the above, yeah. wherever you know they change it all the time. Yeah. Um, so again, like our you know, please subscribe to Valley Studios, subscribe to Draw to It Podcast, subscribe to Chucky Chicken, all of our affiliate channels. Uh, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we are on Facebook. Um, 
check us out, share it with your animator friends, uh, animators in the industry. If we had talked smack about your business, number one, sorry, not sorry. Number two, get good, get better. Yeah. <laughs> Our, our email is just going to blow up. They're going to be, who do you think you are? Blah, blah, blah. So, again, that email is pwacprojects at gmail.com. Okay? Bring it on. I look forward to it. I <laughs> ain't right. going nowhere. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, all <laughs> right. Well, well thank you for what happened. Yes, sir. It's been awesome. I feel I, I always feel lighter after we record one of these. So uh, thank you very much. And um, we will, uh, you know, we'll do this again next week. And uh, yep. yeah, thanks, everybody. Thank you for cluing in. But now we got a clue out. Oh, I like that one. That's a good one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Bye, folks. Bye.